Thank you for joining us for a Kingdom Thoughts conversation with one of our founders on Insight Now. You can watch live streams on Facebook and YouTube. We hope that you enjoy the conversation. All right. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to another Kingdom Thoughts episode on Insight Now. These are, it's funny, we call them Kingdom Thoughts, but it's really just Kingdom Conversations. Uh, if I was on here by myself, I'd be rambling, but I don't have that privilege to just ramble by myself today. I'm here with Nathaniel White. Nathaniel, so good to see you. Good morning. It's so good to see you. Good to be yeah. here. Yeah. I Like I say every week, I love these conversations, and and I know that you guys have had an interesting week. Tell us what's happening in Minnesota and elsewhere. Right. Well, you may notice my wife is not here with me. Amy is is conspicuously absent this morning. Conspicuously um, absent. Conspicuously absent. <laughs> but she, uh, my mother-in-law has a tradition of taking all the grandkids to Disney World when after sometime after they turn seven, while they're seven. And it is our youngest turn. And um, anyway, Amy ended up accompanying to help out with that. And that's where she is this week. She is in warm, sunny, Disney World in Orlando, Ooh. Florida, and uh, yep. So she left uh, early Tuesday morning, and it's been me and me and the other four kids hanging out. Cool, that's great. That's great. I love yep. it. Um, and you know, when you look at um, you know this tradition for all the kids, what's the payoff? What's been the what's been like the big benefit from having that kind of tradition in your family? You know. Um, yeah, it, it, every family has the, the different dynamics, you know, and yeah, I think, yeah. uh, it, Amy's mom tends to be the, like, she loves giving gifts. Christmas is always huge every year. Like she's the, the, the big moments, like uh -huh. my mom, my mom is almost like the second mom, grandma. Uh, okay. She's here, right. every, yeah. she's here. She comes and hangs out and babysits the kids every Tuesday. She has for 13 years. Wow. Um, and, uh, and so there's like the, the, the steady input versus the exclamation point input. But I mean, um, I mean, I don't, I don't think you can underestimate just how much or, or overstate how much, uh, impact has come from those memories made and, and and especially now like we're on our youngest all the rest of them have gone and he's the one who's been able to watch all of his older siblings take their trips mm -hmm. and, um, so, and so, so I mean, this one especially is as soon as isaac our fourth born went two years ago ezra was like i'm next i'm next i'm next you know it's been two years of him waiting for this anticipation satisfied finally you know like, yep. yeah the big payoff that's great well that's so fun that's so fun so how do you how do you and amy do with um obviously you guys are have a real anointing for family and parenting but how do you guys do you know does it feel pretty steady easy normal when you're separate you know when you're in two different places co-parenting you know does that is that move smoothly or is it feel like, did it take a long time to get to that point? Like what's, what's the co-parenting from a distance like on those trips? Um, 
you know, I haven't even thought about that. <laughs> it hasn't, it's that's been great. so not an issue. I haven't even yeah, thought about it. You that's know? super cool. Um, yeah. But, but I think, you know, tr- try to be more helpful than just, oh, it's not even a thing. Um, it, it's really <laughs> like, yeah. like, where does that come from? It really comes from all the work we've done to be on the same page with each yeah, other. Yeah, that's so good. Um, yeah. And and in the more immediate, uh, coming in ahead of the the uh, this trip, it's um, it, it's a lot of groundwork and and whatever that Amy does preparing preparing us to be set. You know, mm-hmm. like there's meals in the freezer. We don't have to actually mm-hmm. do anything scratch. It's I mean, it's just here's the structures oh. we've had as a family. It's just maintain them. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah it's so there's not a whole lot of like heavy lifting of parenting that's needing to be done Mm -hmm. Um, it's just kind of been maintaining structures no that's great that's great um so one of the things that we talked about last week when we realized hey amy's going to be gone um and i thought you know let's talk about being husbands and what it means to be a husband in christ um, what does it look like in the kingdom uh, for husbands? Um, I think there's a lot of fallacies that are taught all the time about the role of a husband in a Christian marriage. Um, and uh, I love just deconstructing that as often as I can, uh, messing with people's minds a little bit and saying, actually, Absolutely. actually, that might be a traditional thing, but it's not a biblical thing. You know, like there's certain right. things that like, if we actually look at the scriptures, um, which words have we taken out of context? Which words have we established a Western Greek stoic meaning to a word that doesn't mean that at all? Right. And so I, I think it's really important to, as if you're going to be a godly husband, in the kingdom of God, you actually have to do your due diligence about what is your responsibility? What is your role? Uh, Because uh, this is one of the most, I think as the church enters into the age of revival, like we were talking about last week, this is one of the biggest shifts that you're going to see is how men interact and treat their wives. Yes. Right. I would you, I obviously agree with that. So I super agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, and I think that that actually has to be so statistically speaking, if you look at church attendance and church growth, um, there are certain percentages of the, the rest of the family that will come along if my door is creaking. So there's, there's a kid <laughs> at the door. <laughs> They're trying to be quiet, but it's prolonging the creak. <laughs> um but uh, there are certain percentages of church attendance. So like if the kids are the ones who are caught, um, you know, and, and we, the kids start coming to church, then there's a certain percentage of uh, likelihood that the mom and the dad are going to come to. If the wife is the one who comes, there's a higher percentage of, of whether the, the, kid, the kids are also going to come or, mm-hmm. you know, whether the dad mm-hmm. comes. But if the dad comes... Mm-hmm. If the dad starts coming to church, then it is almost, I mean, it's a high 90%. If I remember right, it's a high, it's in the high 90%, like 98% of the rest of the time, the rest of the family will start coming to church. Right. That, yeah. That's how important 
uh, male leadership. And I look forward to defining that further because like you said, it's it, there's all kinds of, th that is a loaded term I just said, male right. leadership. Um, but Boy, you can't isn't deny it? how important it is. Yeah. You see how effective it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good because, you know, we, you know, people, when I first started in ministry, I had almost all women in the church, right? There was hardly yep. any men coming. And I think that there's a, a bit of a starvation for, um, with a lot of, and this isn't a knock on the women. It's just, there's a godly hunger for seeing strong male leadership spiritually yep. in the world. Right. It's just like either you've got these demagogue teachers who put themselves uh -huh. up, up on a pedestal um, yeah. or are pedestaled. They might be humble, but they've been pedestaled. Right. Um, and and so to have uh, someone locally that's able to interact, cares, is willing to listen, all of that kind of stuff. You're like you suddenly see like, oh, wow, this all these things are not happening at home. Right. Right. Yeah. Like as a pastor, you go, oh, and so I actually went through a process where I'm like, OK, I feel like there's unhealthy attachments happening in my church where the women were starting to kind of attach to me a little bit to try and have some spiritual leadership. And yeah. I ended up saying, look, I, I had this hoedown with the Lord one time uh, where I'm like, God, break off any attachment in me that yeah. would create any unhealthy, any unhealthy relationship there, because I do not want that. And immediately yeah. we started seeing men come into the church. Come on. We started seeing husbands come. We started seeing men come. We saw a strong man. We've got the thriving men's ministry on pure desire, dealing with pornography addiction. Yes. Uh, we've got a strong uh, men's group um, led by, you know, Jim Kubiak. And, you know, we've yeah. got just really solid men activities to the point where the women are like, there's all this men stuff happening. What happens? What, what's going on for the women? You know, like it's That's pretty great. It's, yeah, it's pretty wild. It's pretty wild. I want to get to some of these comments here because we have um, uh, Benjamin is on with us. Come okay, on. he emojied us to death to open up. Like, okay, we're just gonna go through them. Come on, let's give it the clap. Let's give it another clap. Praise Amen. Him. Prayers, heart clap. Pray. Amen. Preach that. And he said he's talking about the men, most of them. And he mentions Malachi 4, 6. And so that, what I want to do is just. That's a good launching point. Yep. I, I just I just want to read that because I think uh, Ben is flowing in the spirit this morning. <laughs> and it says, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. Yeah. And then, and then Ben says, you know, when the dad becomes the temple of God, the family will follow interesting comment i think that's worth you know playing into a little bit but let's yeah. let's run from malachi 4 and um um let's talk about what is it what does this look like in the kingdom to be a good husband yeah so go for it all right i can i, I can go on this all day let's do it i, I know i was <laughs> like i'm jumping at the bit on this let's um, do it so what does it look like to be a good husband? Um, I, I'm just going to go. It, it's the. Um, I'm like, man, that that I'm, I'm going to put that verse on hold for a second because that's yeah. more about fatherhood. And you're asking about yeah. being a husband. Yeah. So yeah. let me start but there. I and think go back to that. What's that? I, I did want to say that. Um, 
you can't really separate husband and father very well, you know, in the, in the kingdom, they're, they're very right. intertwined. They are because, very intertwined. So there is a lot of overlap, but our focus is on the husband's side more than the father's side. Yeah. Um, and, and one of the realities is that, you know, the model that we give to our children about how we treat our wives and the way that we honor them and serve them and, and the way that we do that actually is representing the father. So yeah. I think it's really important to yeah. not lose that in the in the mix. Totally. So yeah. in, in that heart, in that vein, I, I will go ahead and start with that, that this, this is this is actually a work of God that God promises. Mm -hmm. that he will turn the hearts of fathers to their sons and the hearts of sons to their fathers. And what happens then is it actually brings a fulfilling of the, the commandment to honor your father and mother. Mm -hmm. And um, because the word honor in Greek is the, or in, in Hebrew is the word kavod, which is usually like charismatics are like, it's the weighty glory of God, you know? Um, but the, the, the sense and nuance of the word is basically just somebody's important to you. They carry mm -hmm. weight in your mm -hmm. life. Yeah. And so what happens when your kids carry weight with you and you carry weight with them is there's this mutual exchange of actual life. It, it, it ties in with what Jesus said of like, abide in me mm -hmm. and, and I abide in you. And there's this actual connection where apart from the connection, there's no life flow. But with right. the connection, there's a flow of life. Yeah. And so when that happens through generations, you can tap into God's kingdom version of what you actually see in the book of Genesis, where um, did you know that Egypt actually was a man's name in the book of Genesis and Israel was a man's name. And a lot of these nations that we see, the, the Amalekites and the Girgashites and the Hittites and the Hivites and all of those, all of those ites, they were all named after a man. Yep. When when Rebecca was pregnant with Jacob and Esau, and she's like, God, why is all this tumult going on in my womb? He said, he told her, you have two nations living inside mm -hmm. of me. And what I want to mm -hmm. see is I actually want to see fathers return to that concept of raising nations. Mm -hmm. That when we look at our kids, we actually have that level of dignity that I'm actually raising a nation. And, I, and the way that that manifests is I, I had this conversation with our kids the other day in our evening devotion time um, at bedtime. I said, I said, I, I'm not just talking like we're, we're just having some attention issues. And so I said, hang on, guys, you need to know what you're listening for, because you're not just listening. Like, I'm not I'm not just talking at you to try to control you. I'm actually I want you to listen so that you're ready to teach all of this to your kids. And to, to teach it so effectively that they'll teach it to their kids for like, like I, I said, don't you, this, is, this isn't you listening for applying this to your life. This is you looking to apply it to 10 generations from now. And that's and, heavy. Uh, that's heavy for kids to grasp. You know I mean? That's a big concept. To dude, get, that's heavy for to adults take, to grasp. Right. Like, yeah. Well, and, and you know, what's, what I think is is a primary thing that I feel like the Lord is teaching in the body of Christ right now is this abandonment to the Lord, this absolute complete surrender where we are no longer doing things for the sake of doing things, but he, we've got God's perspective on what we do and he's in, yeah. and, and his blessings flow through 10 generations, right? Like his yeah. blessing. Like, so if we're listening to what the Lord is doing, we're actually establishing generational inheritance, generational legacy exactly. because we've abandoned our self to God. Yep. yep. 
And yeah. that's the whole heart of it is like, okay, why, you know, there's the worldly sense, like, okay, I'm building this thing. I'm building the name for myself. Yeah. Like Ephesians three talks about like, I, I pray to the God, to the father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Yep. Like yep. there is something godly in this of restoring a family name. Proverbs says yes. a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with our kids inheriting a good name. That's actually that's a right. godly principle. Yeah. And so it's, it, it really is thinking through, okay, in, if my heart is turned to my kids, then what inheritance do I want to leave them? What is the legacy that I want to pass on to them? Mm-hmm. And raising them up with that same value that they're going to be fathers and mothers someday. And their right. hearts are even right. now already turning towards right. their kids that, that aren't even born yet. Um, so good. Yeah. And so like, that's that work. But mm-hmm. all of this is actually the, the true heart of God as a father, mm-hmm. which is the redemption. This is how it's redeeming manhood. Because manhood has had this example and that example, and there's toxic masculinity, and there's the patriarchy, and there's this, and there's that, and all there's all these all these things. It's like, okay, let's just go back to the source. Where did manhood come from? Because we were created in the image of God. What is yes. that interaction? What's the pattern? What's the what is the blueprint for manhood? It's God, right? Yes. God as our Father, yeah. He is our example. He's our source. So, all of this is going back to Him who took a lump of dirt and he turned it into a living being. Like he promoted it. He exalted it. He raised yes. it up and he oh, took man. sinners and he good. made them saints. This yeah. is the nature of God that I preach all the time that, that he, he is the true example of nobility in, in that like. A good um, book, by the way. Good book, by the way. <laughs> I'm good friends with the author. Um, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> But this is the true heart of God in, in his nobility that he doesn't he isn't the king of kings because he conquered people who were already kings. He's That's the right. king of kings because he raises people up into becoming royalty. Yeah. Um, like he yeah. took proper human beings and he raised them up to being prince and princesses of heaven. Wow. You know, like this so is the good. nature of our God. And so wow. that's the example we wow. have of him as our father. That then becomes our heart as fathers, where we look at our kids and we see it as our divine assignment to literally raise them mm-hmm. into destiny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So good. Um, ben says, you know, if Ben mentions, if your eye is, uh, if your eye is single, your whole body will be flooded with light. Absolutely. And of course, we got more emojis, you know, praise the Lord. Um, so, so here's something um, we model as believers, male, female, we model a lot, our lives after God himself. Yep. So, so Jesus gives us an example, you know, first Peter one talks about, Hey, or is it second Peter one? I don't remember, but Jesus gives us an example that we might follow in his steps. Right. Yep. Right. And so um, the reality of, the life of Christ, not being married, not being a husband, not having known a woman, right? right. In that sense, right? Yeah. So so then there's this thing where it's like, okay, so now we enter into territory and divine union that the only other model that he gives us of a husband and wife is Christ and the church. And yes. so there's a bigger model that actually God uses to say, here's how I think that a, a Christian marriage should look like. It is the Savior, the Messiah, and the Ecclesia. Mm-hmm. 
right? And so right. what one of the things that I love when we begin to break that down a little bit and we look at it, we recognize that everything that Jesus does in concern to the ecclesia is to empower us to fulfill what what he's put in us to do. Yeah. He empowers the church to do everything that is in our hearts to do as we partner with him. We mm -hmm. do it 100% together. I, I, I tried to, I, I get every once in a while, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm very, I'll just say I am more um, of an egalitarian version of, of husband than a patriarchal husband has to be over or dominant over the wife. I, I, right. I don't, I don't believe that that is biblical manhood or biblical husbandry. Right. Uh, but what I do believe is in that is that um, this concept of mutual submission is really modeled perfectly between Christ and the church. Yeah. And, and I, I always ask people who really struggle to like, well, does Jesus ever submit to the church? Does Jesus submit to the, because if it's mutual and our models, yeah. Jesus in the church, does Jesus be like, no, 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 God never submits to the, And I'm like, well, why do you pray? Why do you pray? Why do you have a request before God? If you don't want him to partner with you, if you don't want him to take that request and then cooperate with and come alongside and submit to the thing that you're asking him to do. Yeah. Because if you can't, yeah. if you, you've got a real twisted version of God. If you mm -hmm. think that he's the master and you're the slave. Right. We're friends. Yeah. We're yeah. partners. You know, we, we, we are in a divine partnership with the Lord where I can say, God, this is what I feel like needs to happen. He might be like, let me show you another way. Let me teach you something. Let me do something like that because he's God. He can do that. Oh, totally. Right. And, and and we'll and that's part of the beautiful thing, as you know, between a husband and wife, we have different perspectives that we have to learn from Absolutely. each other on, right? Yeah. And yet God's entire role with us is to empower us and submit to the requests that we have so that his kingdom is established. Right. So there's two yeah. sides. Well and 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 what I like to say, you know, like we, I, I'm completely on the same page with what you're saying there. And, and we could, I don't think it's probably the, the, the subject matter for the day to get into the weeds of the theology on it. We could of, you know, passages that get taken out of context of what they were actually meant and those kinds Absolutely. of things to words, it, words that are added. Unhealthy added. or yeah, different things like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll just point people to an excellent resource on that is Chris Valentin's book, Fashion to Rain. Yeah, excellent, yeah, excellent, yeah. excellent, very thorough book. Yeah, um, and, and he does he does poke the bear right. Like that's one oh, of the things that sure. Chris is really good at is he's gonna he's gonna say, oh, you thought that that was a theology? Here, let me put let me. I'm just gonna <laughs> stick that in your eye real quick, right? And let you yep. fish it out and figure it out. You know, so just so, know okay. that if you're a high patriarchy mindset you know yep. you're not egalitarian you're more complementarian in in your mindset and well, and uh you know like you, it's going to be a tough read for you but it's revelation and you should definitely read it <laughs> right and it and and it's good to hear the other side of the story on it yeah and just make totally. sure that what you're living is actually scriptural because yeah. what if it's not you know um i, I grew up a southern yeah. baptist and now i'm a flaming charismatic 
like, Let's go. you know, like it, it's okay to move around in camps. And as long as you're still confessing Jesus is the son of God and he's mm -hmm. your savior, you know, like mm -hmm. it, it's okay to, to, to kind of test Amen. the water and some other stuff. But this yep. is what I say to people who are hardcore, like no men are the head of house, wives submit to husbands, all those kinds of things. I'm like, okay, that's great. Here's what leadership looks like in the kingdom of God. Yes. The greatest among you will be the servants. Yep. And, and the greatest of all will be the slave. Yep. And so if you really want to pull that, that you are head of household and you are the, the, the master of the house and your wife has to submit to you and all of those things, then what that means is you are the biggest servant. And if you're not out serving everybody, then, then you got issues. Yes. And, and so, and honestly, like go, go to Jesus. Like Jesus came, lived on this earth for 33 years, became the perfect example, revelation of the father. And he did it by serving people. Yeah. He said, the son of man came not to be served, but yeah. to serve. Yeah. And, and then we want to like, say that he died and went to heaven to return to like his normal character traits of being an authoritarian overlord. And we're like, no, he actually showed us what God is like. This is actually God's character. Yeah. So yeah. to e either way you go, whether it's egalitarian or whether it's patriarchy, uh, yeah. you do not get away from being a servant to your wife. That's right. You just yep. don't. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, Husbands love your wife just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Right. Like there's just, there's too many, there's too many, um, too many scriptures that go against this concept of the head means overlord. Right. Yeah. You know, and that's a whole nother word study on kafele, you know, the Greek word for head. And what does it actually mean in the Greek? How was it used in the Greek? Because it's right. never, it's only used one time as a military term. Where it's like, oh, uh, I'm an I'm over somebody and I have subordinates. Yeah. Otherwise, it's always done in relational context. It was always yeah. about cooperation and partnership. It was never yeah. about um, this. It's people understanding their roles and and stepping into that. So yeah, yeah. Um, so one of the biggest struggles that I think a lot of men have is they feel a lot of pressure to perform yes. as yeah. husbands. Yeah. Um, um, and we're that, not helping so far. <laughs> in this conversation. So <laughs> that's a new standard. <laughs> no, but 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 here's the here's the here's the cycle that every believer should <clears throat> learn to walk in. <clears throat> and we get a revelation that hey, maybe my life is off or something something in there. I need right. to maybe do something different. And then we have to come to the Lord. We have to get that revelation before the Lord. Yes. Because if we just process it in our own ideas, in our own mindsets, we'll end up with a really twisted version of it. And so we have to say, okay, God, I'm going to let this thing go. I'm going to come bring it before you. I'm going to set it before you. I'm going to let it go. And now in this moment, I have to abandon myself to you. I yes. have to let go of my version, my idea. I have to abandon myself to your word. I have to abandon myself to your spirit. And this is the moment where God can actually reveal a new identity. Right. If, if you don't get a new identity without abandoning yourself to the Lord, otherwise you're always yes. going to twist it to your own version of what you think it should right. be. And so yeah. we have to let it go, let go of my past, let go of the old things and say, God, I just need you. I'm abandoning myself to you. And now he can begin to 
put you on a baseline, give you a new identity about what it means to be a husband. Right. Yeah. It, it, it hundred percent. Like you can, you can change your mind about something, mm-hmm. but that doesn't give grace. Knowledge and grace are not the same thing. That's but right. Revelation, revelation does impart so good. grace. Amen. And so it, it really is like, like I wow. mentioned it just in passing at the beginning, but, but it is in abiding that we bear fruit. Mm. It's when we mm-hmm. abide in him, then we bear fruit. Or this is a, a different piece of another life message on identity, but it's, it's as we see him, 2 Corinthians 3.18, as we see him, mm-hmm. that we're transformed into transformed. his image. That's right. From Amen. glory to glory. Amen. And so, so yeah. I love the, the way that you, you described that process. Like, okay, so somebody's he, listening to us in this. And man or woman, this is mm-hmm. still the process. If you're hearing yeah. this, if you're listening to this and you're like, <laughs> you're thinking to yourself, man, I, I need my husband to listen to this. <laughs> like, well, you can listen to this also. Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> That's solid. Um, That's so true. Yeah. But but it's still it's going before the Lord and saying, okay, God, what do you say about this? You know, what revelation do you want to give me personally? Like I'm I'm saying yes to whatever journey the Lord has me has for me. And um and it's as he shows it to you about himself. Um you know, this is I'm trying to I'm making, I'm not making any promises on when it's coming out, but I know I need to write a book about manhood and fatherhood and I'm working on it. No. Um, yes. You? Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> Shocking. I know. Right. <laughs> but the very first piece of it is that, that we can't do manhood. That's right. As orphans. Yes. We, yeah. we have to wow, father from a, a source. Yes. And husband you, you, from a source. Yeah. And husband from a source. That's right. Yeah. Because the defining characteristic of an orphan is lack. Yes. It, and it's, there's not enough. Wow. I'm, I, it's, and out of that lack, I mean, it's legit. Like if yeah. you're an orphan, you lack the grace to do what you know you're supposed yeah. to do. Yeah. And that's yeah. what leads to those frustrations of like, I want, I want to do my best, do the best for my wife. I want to do the best for my kids, but I'm struggling and I'm trying and I fail and I fail and I fail. And then that's where the walls start going up and we yeah. start pr- protecting ourselves because nobody yeah. can put up with that for forever. No, you know, not and at all. So it comes from the surrender and the connection mm-hmm. to a father and mm-hmm. actually being adopted so and born of God. Yeah. We get that connection to our daddy we yeah. become sons of God and out of sonship, we can be yes. fathers and husbands. It, it is common. It is common for us to take our identity from our insecurity and, right. and believe that how we handle our insecurity is, and we slap God's name on it and, you know, and say, well, this is the godly way to handle my insecurities. And this is where you see, you know, men puffed up with pride or you see men trying to, um, you know, be um, more than what God has called them to be in a marriage. Um, I do think that there is a bit of a crisis in an abdication of responsibility um, for men. And so let's talk about that, because I think we could talk about the unhealthy version of 
men who take more responsibility than they should. And that's an yep. easy, that's an easy grab, right? That's low hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, because in the kingdom, we know that, that, you know, if I'm going to be like Jesus, I have to humble myself. I have to serve. I have to, I have to choose the best for my bride over myself. Um, you know, which is exactly what Jesus did. This is why he shed tears, uh, or why he sweat tears, sweat blood, Yes, I'll, I'll, I'll get to it. Sweat, sweat blood um, Easy for you know, you to say. because he had to lay down his life. He had to lay down his life for the bride. And yeah. so so it was not an easy process. Right. And we're not saying that this is just cake and and, no. and rainbows no. and unicorns. It's not. Or, or um, did you arrive in a day? No, not at it, all. Like this is this is lifelong committed process. Yeah. So let's look at the opposite of that, which would be the abdication of responsibility. And then, and then what does, you know, where do we see that show up in the body? I think you were talking about like, even just going to church being a thing, uh, an abdication of responsibility from some husbands, but what, what are, what are some, what, what, what are some of those abdications that you think are kind of harming the body and families right now? Okay. So, um, hang with me for just a second, because I'm going to mm-hmm. trace a, a brief timeline. But basically, you go back about 100 years in at least American history, um, and you see what you could honestly interpret as almost a systematic attempt to remove dads from the home. Yes. Um, like starting with World War One, you got a bunch of father age men serving overseas, then you've got the Great Depression, where mm-hmm. at peak there was like three years that the unemployment rate was greater than twenty five percent. Yeah, and on top of that, a lot of kids are getting shipped around to wherever somebody can keep them alive, or dads are going yeah. across country to work on Hoover Dam or you know whatever yeah. Army Corps yeah. engineer's job, just wherever there's work, yeah. they're leaving. Um, I have my own grandma; she was five and started running her house because that's what was needed. Um, taking care of her two older brothers. And um, and then, I mean, literally right after that, there's World War II, where literally half the father-aged men were gone. Um, yep. Not long after that, there's Korea. Not long after that, there's Vietnam. And now you're getting to other revolutions that now you got the generation of latchkey kids who, like, I, I grew up enough in that that I remember yeah, the too. trauma that was for a lot of yeah. kids. Yeah. Um, and families. And now we're on our second to third generation of kids who, this is the bottom line, are being raised primarily by peers, media, yep. Yep. and teachers slash daycare providers. Yep. And so um, we parent out of what we know. If what we know has been that... I know how to raise someone as a teacher would raise or as a friend would raise, you know, then, then that's what parenting is being reduced to is being a cheerleader, a supporter, a friend. Meanwhile, teachers also can't discipline any kids anymore. They're not allowed to. So, I mean, my, my father-in-law was, was touring a high, a local high school up here as part of his uh, government job. And and there's literally a high schooler throwing an all out temper tantrum, kicking and screaming and crying on the floor in a high school. And they just put a partition around him 
And it's like, just, just ignore the, just ignore the temper tantrum that's going on in the wow. middle of a high school, you know? Wow. And, um, and so, I mean, it's just that there's, it isn't that friendship or cheerleading or support and, and encouragement in those regards aren't part of fatherhood. Um, they are part of fatherhood, but that is not the limit of fatherhood. Come on. Come on. Um, yeah. And so yeah. Um, you're talking about what what responsibilities do we need to pick back up? Yeah. Um, I, I think what we need to pick back up really is just understanding what responsibility looks like, that it yeah. isn't just bring home the bacon and it Amen. isn't just keep the kids alive. Yeah. Like, um, you know, if you go back to what I started with and saying you're actually raising nations and you're you're looking 10 generations down the road. Yeah. Man, that's yeah. a great a great thing to make you wonder what do you actually what's important enough to you? You still yeah. want it in your family 10 generations from now, mm -hmm. you know, and if it is that important to you, man, like. Does your kid being in soccer? matter that much does you know all the hobbies that you spend every evening chase like for us we got five kids do you know how many different directions we'd be running if our kids were in all the the normal activities um and nothing against that 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 still works for some families like mm -hmm. i know you guys have quinn and gymnastics and some mm -hmm. other stuff yeah that works for you guys it wouldn't it work does. for us right mostly just totally. because of the ages and 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 density and numbers of our family Absolutely. So not, yeah. I'm not just anti-activity. The the point no, is I'm yeah. pro vision. Yeah. What vision are you trying to create? What do you want yeah. as the defining characteristics of the nation that you're birthing? You know, what what do you want to be to survive you four, five, ten generations from now? Yeah. Um, and then if they're that important, man, it's gonna take a lot of conversations with your kids to pass that value system on to them yep yeah you know yeah um so so let, let's apply let's apply some of that to husbands yeah with your wives because um i think that i think that we could talk about serving we could talk about you know laying our life down but there is there is a unique role that a husband plays in a marriage uh, where there are some things that uh, we can just put the fingers in our ears and go la 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 and not address or not deal with or not talk about and not um, and not take up the mantle of husband in the home. So, so what, what are some of those things that you think are important for husbands to be doing in the home, especially in regards to their marriage? Yeah. I, th I think the most important thing is, um, Oh man, there's so many mindset shifts that I want to suggest, but I think one of the most important is, when you look at Ephesians 5, mm -hmm. it talks about how Jesus purifies the church for himself by washing us in the water of his word. Like he speaks to us who we truly are yes. and it knocks off of us. It washes off of us who we're not. Yes. So I'll yeah. just get a two for one here. Um, I grew up in a church that said pornography and lust was every man's battle, you know, and, and I was convinced that it was something, it was a sin issue that I was doomed to just struggle with 
and be yeah. bound to the rest of my yeah. life. Yeah, totally. Until Jesus yeah. washed me with yeah. the identity that I'm actually a saint, that Amen. I'm literally born so again, yeah. that the yeah. man who struggled with those things actually died when I right. came to him. And yeah. the new me is actually created in his image. And he's certainly not struggling with those issues. Nope. Um, and all of a sudden, as soon as I embraced that identity change, the struggle went away. It didn't take years of counseling. It didn't take white knuckling. It didn't take trying to pull myself up by my bootstraps. Like yeah. it, it, yeah, it didn't take any of those things. It just yeah. took truth and the truth yeah. set me free. Yeah, Amazing. Jesus was right. Amen. Um, well, and, and and so the the beautiful thing, and one of my biggest beefs with that passage is men who think that they are the sanctifying force in their wife's life, um, and that they have that they have some weird privilege to make their wives more pure. Um, no. I think that's an error. Right. Um, and and but the reality of we should be a source for the word of the Lord in our house, right. Yeah. And that's not that's not saying the wives aren't a word for, word of the Lord in our house, but there's something special that happens when the husband speaks the word of the Lord over his wife, over his family, and declares the identity and says, "Hey, this is who God's made you." There's an authority that God has given exactly. for there to be transformational moments, yeah, where the Spirit moves through the word specifically from a husband, right. And that's what I mean. It's the it's the yeah. prophesying. And it's even sometimes it's in what you don't say. Like how many of us have been around guys <laughs> and it's they talk about how beautiful some other woman is, whether it's somebody on TV, some celebrity, somebody they see on the street, whatever it is like. And, and they're always praising somebody, how beautiful somebody else is, you know, like, well, what is that communicating to your wife? Yeah. You know, um, yeah. It, conversely. What do we say to our wives? How can yeah. we how can we build up our wives' self confidence yeah. when yeah. we know that a lot of women struggle with self image issues? And obviously, I, you know, I'm a proponent of that getting resolved in Jesus. Mm -hmm. But we mm -hmm. don't need to poke mm -hmm. at it. Mm -hmm. We can be. I mean, Proverbs five, the whole chapter is like delight yourself in the breasts of your wife, like, like yeah. just actually obey scripture on it and and yeah. drink of your stream not all these other ones and that's make so sure good. that your wife yeah. actually knows that that that's how you're guarding yourself and keeping yourself yeah. for her yeah. um yeah totally yeah so you know one of the things i that, think those that, are ways we can wash our wives as well yeah so one of the things the prophesying over them and the word of the right. lord yeah yeah one of the things that i've I, you know, in, in working with men who struggle with that, those types of things, you know, when we talk about it, it's like, listen, you don't have a different, there's no plan B for your sexuality, right? There's no plan B. There's no other source that God wants you to pull from in that arena. Right. Period. There's one. Yeah. There's one. And, yeah. and I, you know, Hey, I think a lot of men carry a ton of shame yeah. around the, that specific issue. So we just release shame off of anybody who's struggling right. with that and that oh, listen, totally. you, know, you, you have to grab on to the to this revelation that god has given you a source and if there's tension there if there's a lack of intimacy there's a lack of passion lean into the commitment that you have 
to foster your intimacy and your passion. Lean into the covenant that you have to foster those other elements. Um, Instead of trying to perform, instead of trying to make it look a certain way, the foundation of your commitment will allow your passion and your intimacy to thrive. Um, And so declare it, remind your wife how committed you are. Remind, you know, you have to say these things. Um, And that's one of the things that I think we miss a lot is that we will think things in our head or we'll think stuff, but we don't actually express it. We don't say it enough. And I think that's an abdication that, that I know for me, I've just got to be, my wife is not a words of affirmation, love language. She's quality time through and through. And Mm so I'm like, I'm words of affirmation. So I'm trying to say things all the time. And she's like, okay, just do it. (laughs) Right. Right? Like, okay, do it. You know, like, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. So I don't really want to do that, but I'm going to go do it. Yeah. Right. And, And so I think all that stuff, there is an awkwardness. I'm just going to call it out if anybody's listening. There's an awkwardness in these conversations because this has so much to do with identity yes. and how we were raised. It has so much to do with what we believe uh, around our relationship with the Lord um, because there's so many aspects here. So we're not giving a, a corrective word in the sense of like, if you're doing it this way, it's bad. If you're doing this way, I'm just saying, here's how I do it. I think Nathan's saying, Nathaniel's saying, this is how I do it. And right. these are the revelations that I've received in order to make myself a good husband. Um, yeah. We well, all, and it's like, all, hey, we're, we are like fire hosing decades of <laughs> journey into an hour of conversation so i mean like just download this listen to it periodically and 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 ask the lord god what's the what's the nugget for today yeah you know like god's got a whole book of scripture and he doesn't try to shove it all into us all in a moment like we go back and like okay what's what's my daily bread and so go go to the lord again it's not like i'm glad if we're feeding your brain but it's going to take you grabbing something, bringing it before the Lord and, and him actually giving grace on that issue. Yeah. But that's what's going to actually enable you to do any of these things we're talking about. Absolutely. And let me just say that both Nathaniel and I understand that we only have a part of this revelation. Yes. Because yep. what, what God, what God, God is always bringing us higher. He's always yep. taking us from glory to glory as we, as we, as, as a, as Ben said, if your eye is single, your whole body will be flooded with light. And I love that because uh, when we talk about our, our relationships and the way that we do relationship and how do we do marriage? Well, how do we, uh, how do we interact with our wives in a manner that empowers them to be um, thriving in every part of their life? Mm-hmm. You know, um, oftentimes I don't get it right. I mess that thing up. Yeah. I jack it. I jack it up, and I got to right. clean up my mess. Right. This is one one responsibility that um, that I encourage men who really feel like, man, God's really trying to improve my leadership in the home. Be the first to apologize. Yeah. Be the first to clean up the mess. Yeah. Be the first to humble yourself. Be the first to come before your wife and say that word was too harsh. I spoke right. that in an unrighteous manner. Please forgive me. Right. I think that that the more that we can grab the humility of Christ, 
yep. who's willing to lay himself down, the faster we'll get to that place. And man, you want to see your wife thrive, operate in that level of humility where you're seeing things even before, like she, she might even not understand. Like this has happened recently where Mika didn't even grab why she was offended with something. And I'm like, Oh, yeah. I said that kind of harshly. I'm sorry. You know, Oh, Oh, that's what it was. Okay, great. Yeah. Thank you. You know? Yeah. So I, I think we just have to be sensitive to the promptings of the Holy spirit and humble enough to humble ourselves in those circumstances. Yeah. So, you know, if I can touch on just one kind of last thing on this yeah. that I think honestly it is probably, I mean, all of what we've said is really, really good. And there are these huge mindset shifts that are, that are, I mean, they'll, they'll revolutionize a lot of lives, yeah. you know, if, if you implement yeah. them. But honestly, where I think kind of maybe even the most bang for your buck and tapping back into the source thing is, uh, and what you said of like a lot of men carry a lot of shame in a variety of areas, whatever, but it, it it's learning to love yourself. Well, mm -hmm. you know, um, I, I, I read a book talking about like, love the Lord, your God with all your mind. That was the whole point of the book. It was a Bible school book. I had to read way back in the day, but one story he told stuck with me of sitting at a table and, uh, with, you know, a family and, and it was like, as long as the conversation was about things the man knew about, which was fishing and tools and machinery and whatever, you know, yeah. then he was engaged and he was life of the party and he was, he was right there. But as soon as it turned to deeper stuff or mm. theological stuff, he like mm -hmm. shut down and walls, you know, and whatever else. Like wow. he was going and it wasn't because he didn't love Jesus. It yeah. was because of his insecurities. Wow. And so um, I think that a lot of times, it, like you were talking about this pressure that men feel to to do a good job and, and be, you know, it's just, it's a very, we, we do, we want to do a good job. We want to be yeah. good men and we want to, we want to do well. Yeah. Um, we and do. so that really starts by just, um, you know, God's a, your best friend, your wife, they're not always going to be a hundred percent safe to be vulnerable with, but God actually is. And you can mm -hmm. open up your heart to him. You can open up your insides to him. It, it's Amen. progressive. You open it up as much as yeah. you know how to in a moment. And you say, God, yeah. teach me to like, show me how much you love me. And just, I dare you for a month, the next month, just every single day, ask the Lord to show you how much he loves you. Mm -hmm. And just really intentionally go after the Lord on that one thing, just one thing. Don't try to fix anything else in your home, right? in your marriage, your parenting. Come on, that's good. Else. Don't try to fix anything else. Only go after the Lord and asking him, how much does he love you? Show me mm -hmm. your love. And, uh, and just challenge the Lord to really literally drill it into you so that it, it, mm. it is going to help you really receive it and believe it. Come on, and, that's so good. Yeah. And just watch. I mean, if that actually yeah. shifts something on, in, in, on the inside of you, then everything downstream from there of the outflow of love from you is going to improve mm -hmm. just without you even needing to try. That's so good. Yeah, absolutely. It's all it's all seated in 
I, I think every transformation, every role that we walk in, our identity, it all comes from encounter. Yeah. And, and you know, whether you're encountering God through scriptures or in your worship or in your prayer time or you're at an event and God gives you a download, you know, like it's all about encounter. And yes. the more that we encounter his presence, the more we will take on the image, right? The more that we can see his face, the more we look like him. And and I, I know... Um, um, it's okay to seek the Lord in very specific areas for an encounter. Mm -hmm. God, I need an encounter with you in how to be a better husband. Yeah. I need to hear from you on how to be a better father. Dude, and it is, I do that all the time, all the time, all the time. And, you know, I mean, it's easy to do in ministry because it's like you got broken people everywhere and you're like, I don't know what to do, Lord. Like, you know, you just like I got maybe I got I got tools in my tool belt. What, which one do I use, God? I don't know. And right. so, you know, and I think as, as we need to be able to do that um, as husbands and lay our life down and say, God, I want I want your identity. Mm -hmm. I want your identity over me as as a husband. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that means that areas where I thought I was doing it right. Maybe I'm not in areas where I think I'm getting it wrong. He's like, actually, you're doing great there, you know? So, but I got to be able to hear, you know, I got to be able to hear and humble myself enough to do that. So right. um, that's awesome. Well, let's pray over the men. Yes. You know, yes. and the women like that. We're not going to leave anybody out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hey, just the quick that like the 30 second encouragement to any women listening to this, because statistically speaking, I know more women are probably listening to this than men. Mm -hmm. um, but here I'm, I got one of my young men just snuck in my office. So come on, one of my Good boys morning. I'm just, yes. And this is my Simeon. So just the encouragement to any of the women listening to this, mm -hmm. like, you have such a significant role in in your man's life and in your young men's lives and in your young women's lives, raising daughters. Like if this becomes kind of the standard that you call your sons to, um, like, yes, it has more power. Mm -hmm. Generally speaking, coming from a man being the example to the men. Yeah. But, but if you can set that standard for your sons, your daughters, that these are the men they're wanting to become. These are the men they are wanting to marry. And here's my girl. Oh, getting so sweet. <laughs> Probably they're getting hungry. You guys want to make mac and cheese? Yes. Okay. Bam. All right. Just like that. That Just that settled. I knew the question. Love you, Love you too, beautiful. Um, so this is, I don't know. Oh, and the cat. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>, Stella. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. <laughs> yep. So it's just it's great. Live, live action family. <laughs> Come on, let's go. That's great. That's right. Yeah. Well, so um so let's Let's um let's pray. Yes. Yeah. 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 Father, we're so grateful that you're our model, that we have a anchor point in the chaos of our culture, in the 
way that we were raised, we have a fresh anchor in you. We have a, we have a place that we can stand on the rock of Jesus on you, the word of God, Jesus, we can stand on you and recognize that you are the shaper of our destiny, that you are the one who calls us into the identity that you gave us from the foundation of the world. And God, I'm asking right now that for every man listening, that they would come to you to receive their identity as a husband, Yeah, that they would not take it from the culture. They would not take it from um, just the, the good or the bad examples that they've had in their lives. That God, we want to chew on that good stuff that we've been received. But Lord, we need our identity from you. We need to know how to be good husbands to our unique and powerful and beautiful wives. Yes. You built them differently and they all need something different. There's no, there's no, like you need us to, to be attentive and listen, just as you listen to each of us, God, you, you need us to, as husbands, be able to find out what is the gold in our wives and to begin to draw that out and to begin to speak that out. Father, I pray that you give men um, that are, that are on this call, the ability to step back from what they know and to seek your word and to seek your face. God, that we would have encounters with you that transform us as men to be healthy husbands and healthy fathers. We're thankful for those godly examples that we can follow in this world. And we're so grateful that you are the example for us as you deal with us, the church. As your bride, God, we, we thank you that we have this amazing opportunity to enter into a divine partnership where we can hear your voice clearly and begin to step into the fullness of who we are because of our partnership with you. So, Father, I also pray for the women. God, I pray for those unmet needs that they feel that they have in their families. God, I pray that they would run to you to receive knowing that, God, that the real unmet need is that you're not present in that space. Yeah. And so, God, I'm praying that you would just make yourself real and present in those areas where there is loneliness or where there is heartache or where there is that sense of lack. God, that they would become uh, fully identified as a son of God, that they would see who they are in you and that they would come to their marriage with strength in their identity as a wife. Yeah. So, Father, I pray that you would just meet all of those needs today in Jesus name. And God, we thank you that this is a work you have promised. Mm -hmm. That going right to the, the passage we started from, that mm -hmm. in the last days, you said you are going to pour your spirit out. Mm -hmm. That spirit of Elijah, God, that mm -hmm. turns the hearts of fathers to sons and sons to fathers. Mm -hmm. And Jesus, that, that this is us turning our hearts to you as our father, to find you as our source for manhood, for fatherhood, for, for being a husband, Jesus, and that, that we surrender to you whatever concepts or ideas we have on manhood and, and, uh, and fathering and, and husbanding that we have from culture or from our family history, God, whatever idea of it we have, we just we surrender it to you for you to uh, trim off what's what's unhelpful or unhealthy and and build up what's good and give us the treasure that that really it's designed to be mm -hmm. god because you created this and said it was good mm -hmm. this is some it, it, 
aspect of our life that we get to be like you. And God, if this yes. is who you choose to be, if this is who you are, God, it's got to be good. Yeah. Got to be yeah. something that is so life-giving and joy-filled. God, that it isn't, well, I got to put up with my kids or I got my, mm -hmm. my, my wife is just unbearable or annoyances or the things that we put up with God, but there is life in this. So God, would you, would you, I just breathe hope into each yeah. man yeah. and woman listening to this yeah. into each Thank man and woman listening to this, that yeah. there, that this is good. Yes. There, there is yes. good to, that is worth pursuing. Yeah. And, uh, and no matter what background we have, whether it's good or bad, God, that we can come to you, put our trust in you and yeah. say, God, lead us into what you have for us. In this. Amen. Yes. And, uh, yes. and God, I just thank you for the revolution. This is going to bring the world mm. when, uh, when real manhood began, be, is truly revealed. God, yeah. the revolution it brings to, to true womanhood, to parenting, to family, to everything that's up downstream from there. And uh, in other words, everywhere that men and women go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yep. we love you, God. Thanks yeah. for being a daddy and letting us be your kids. Yeah. Thanks for being a good husband, Father. You yeah. Know, thanks. Thanks. Thanks for, for being what we need. Yes. Yep. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Amen. 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 Awesome. Well, we're going to sign out. Bless everybody. And uh, we hope that uh, today was helpful and healthy and good for you. And we bless you. And we'll see you again next next week. And Amy will be back. Sweet. Love to get her perspective on that. Yes. So, it was good. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Bye. Thanks. Thank you for joining us today for this conversation. You can follow us, like, subscribe, and share out any of these episodes on Facebook, YouTube, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. For more information about us, you can go to insightnow.co. Have a great day. Thank you.